Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. I remember the laser tag, you know, guns, the cables for the guns were always a massive failure point. And we were, we kept getting bigger and bigger, heavier and heavier coiled round cables. And in this case, we went through the flat ones and that was some of the original ones we did. And we had that same sort of thing, but the, the you know, the speed, I don't know if you remember, but they actually had to upgrade Steam VR because the speed with which people are playing and swinging those things, the tip speed of the controllers was so fast. Steam VR couldn't keep track. And it's just so many different directions and so many bend cycles. It was a really tough nut to crack, but we did crack it. And so everything's fully armored, fully retractable, and really bulletproof. And, and we, we've now, since we've deployed those new cables, I think we have, uh, we're approaching close to a million plays on those new cables. I think we have not had a single failure since then from the core rupture, which is what we were having before. But we need to do a speed round now to get to some of that. We do, actually. So uh, like in the Middle East, we're, we're all over the Middle East, probably 30 units deployed in the Middle East. So we, we do localize the instructions, uh, external and internal instructions, both written and audio to both Arabic and English. They can select between them because they use, they use both there, especially in Dubai. There's lots of, uh, of Pakistani and Indian population. And so we're, we're able to do that really for, for any location very easily. Yeah, we have CE and ROHS. Uh, we're CE and ROHS compliant for Europe, and we have all of the SASL certifications and stuff for uh, for Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, and um, and also certifications for South Africa and the African countries. So we we have those in place. You know, through most of this year, that's been a question mark on the cost of the machine because you know we started out at X and then found out oh we need a retraction system we need we need these these specialty cables and all this stuff. Uh, once we developed it all and got it to an endpoint, we did fly our teams all over the world and retrofitted at our expense every single unit that had been deployed with any of the beta uh, hardware uh, software. We did that at our expense. So every unit's fully upgraded. But then we had to sit there and look and say, so what is the cost of this thing? Now that we have all the features in that allow it to run smoothly anywhere with totally non-technical personnel. And when I mean that, Bob, I, I mean, you can take it off the crate, plug it into the wall. You, I think you put about four bolts in. There's a video that shows you how to do it and it's run. You don't even have to do room setup, nothing. So once we got to that stage, you know, then we had to go back to the drawing board and say, what's this thing costing? So the current uh, retail price is $40,000. And what about license? Um, so there's, there's really... <clears throat> There's none. And that's one of the big approaches we took. We said, you know, the, the VR industry is asking too much of, of operators and, and of the amusement industry. We're asking them to try a new technology. We're asking them, uh, hey, this game doesn't take up uh, 30 square feet. It takes up 300 square feet. It's not uh, unattended. You have to have an operator. Oh, and by the way, also try a new business model where you have to pay us monthly or yearly. Or, and so we said, you know what? Asking to try a new technology is enough. Let's put it in an arcade cabinet form factor and just say it takes up 36 square feet of space, just like an arcade cabinet. It, it doesn't require an operator, and we have no new business models for you. You buy the machine, you own it. It's a perpetual license to the greatest VR game 
uh, on the planet. And, you know, a lot of the, the VR content creators are coming from Hollywood and from the, you know, more the, um, you know, the, the traditional game industry, not the amusement game industry. And both of those industries are very much royalty oriented, royalty and licenses. Yeah. And so they, you know, they created all these VR games and they're like, no, we want royalties, royalties. We want, we, we don't sell our content. We license, we license. And it was one of those things where we just, you know, we're like, man, we want to help get this great content out there into the, in the public space. And, and, and we've got this great platform and, and the, the people at Beat Games have just been great to work with, fantastic to work with. They saw the potential in the platform. We saw the potential in the game and we, you know, we negotiated, you know, something that would work for the industry to make VR accessible. And then as far as Beat Saber itself, the content. So somebody's asking about removing certain songs. And I think this is probably more from the consumer version. You, you know, because the, the, the songs, you basically, when you play, you play one song, the song's about three minutes and you're done, right? So there's 16 songs, I think, that it comes with. Um, That's box. And then what about some of the new hit songs that are coming out, like the, you know, Imagine Dragons pack? Are you going to make those available? To- um, we'll be we'll be uh, announcing that at IAPA this year, and the answer is yes. That's coming to the that's coming to the platform. We expect that to be available in um, December, and that'll be an additional that'll be an additional cost. People will be able to you know purchase those packs, like you said. Imagine Dragons just did a ten their ten top songs, and um, they did a deal with uh, Beat Games. And so those are official beat games licensed. The maps, the, the beat maps on them are all officially licensed and and uh, developed by beat games. So it's not just these kind of like hacked together versions, which are fun, super good. But these these are actually legal to be used in commercial environments. And they're just available as kind of like a DLC upgrade. People can take them or leave them. You don't have to ever pay any more money to us to buy anything once you own the unit, but you have available and they're going to be regularly coming out with these, you know, kind of uh, packs from top 40 radio play artists. Now at IAPA last year, you showed a couple of other games. You showed the Predator game and you showed Fruit Ninja, I think. What happened with those games and do you still offer them? And Right. And the thing is, we do have a catalog of games that we recommend, you know, if people want, if they get their first one, they get Beat Saber and they like it. And, and we've got, you know, we've got customers net right now saying, hey, this is working fantastically. And what else do you got? Well, we, we do have other titles, you know, like, like you said, um, Fruit Ninja, that can follow on. But we recommend everybody start with Beat Saber because um, it's a, just a fantastic game. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. And, you know, it's, I think, I think it's over, there's over, to, over a billion streams on Twitch. So it's got a certain even social cachet and it's got some mind share already in the market. I, I was actually surprised how many people walk in and say, Beat Saber. And then here comes this question a lot with location-based VR. People say, well, how long is this going to last? You know, I mean, isn't it just going to be until everybody owns a Quest or everybody owns this? You know, because that comes up. You know, everybody's going to own a Quest here in a few years and this whole thing's going to be relevant. Well, the answer is this, and I've, I've seen it from firsthand experience. The people who own a VR headset at home and can kick butt on Beat Saber are the people who play the most in public because it is a showboat game, baby. It is It is like, hey, man, I'm sitting at home. I'm awesome at this, but I'm alone in my living room. Here, I can be a god. You know, I, I've seen guys, right, 
Right. And it's it's true. Well, well, you do have a little more weight. If you're used to playing with with, with none of that, you get a little bit of, um, you know, you get a little bit of feedback. But it the trade-off is you got to show off in public. And people are willing to make that trade-off. And it's interesting because it's, it's only people who have played VR at home and are VR aficionados that ever mention anything about the extra weight from the armor. Everybody who's never played VR at all just loves that it works. And that's what Steve Jobs famously said about the iPhone. It just works. And that was really our goal here. And, and people are happy. So the hygiene system, I mean, basically, as soon as somebody swipes the card, the first thing that's said is activated. And then it says, you can use the wipes located at the side of the station to wipe off the headset. And there's a big sign and it says sanitary wipes and it's got arrows blinking to the side. So it's both visual and it's audio. And so only about one in three people do this. Only about one in three people even care. But those one in three people keep it clean for everybody else. And we generally recommend, you know, that staff come by just at intervals and wipe it down. But it has not been an issue at all. Like I said, we're serving up 40,000 VR plays a week right now. And um, I saw in the feed, somebody said, hey, what about, um, you know, you've got this retraction system that automatically lifts up. What if that gets stuck in somebody's hair? What if that lift, can that lift somebody up? Is there any, is there any liability to that? When I said we went around and just recently retrofitted all the units in the United States, uh, including at Two-Bit Circus and uh, GameWorks and the world with this system, that system includes what we put in a slip clutch. So now if there's anything attached to it, it will not reel in. It won't reel up. Even down to those kind of, those kind of little liability things, you got to listen to the customers and say, I mean, we've had, we've had millions of plays and really no serious incidents at all. We've had like maybe once or twice, somebody's like, hey, this pulled on my hair or something like that. But I don't even want that. And so, you know, we, we went back in and said, got to have a slip clutch system. Can't be lifting anybody off the ground or pulling somebody's hair. And also it helps when somebody, some little kid runs across the room and jumps and grabs onto this, you know, instead of having all this just brute force hanging on that, it just slowly slips down. And it, it, so it, that's the sort of, detail as far as resolution of listening to the feedback we've been doing and how we responded. And the main difference between uh, Rabbids really and, and our system is that Rabbids, they're really the only two fully automated systems out there that have been proven at scale. Theirs is more of your, your sit down and ride experience, more like your typhoon simulator. And that's because it's a little easier to execute. You just kind of sit down and put on this thing. And, and what we're trying to bring to the market is more the full body, full range of motion. You can duck and it, it'll, it'll feed cable out. When you stand up, it retracts cable up so it's not hanging around you. You know, you gotta, in Beat Saber, you got to be able to step to the right. You got to be able to step to the left. You've got to be able to dodge. So we had to create something that could have a lot of freedom of movement. And so what we've really done is bring the first fully automated, full range of motion gameplay type cabinet to the space Whereas LAIs bring in that ride and uh, more the theater experience, which they're both great experiences. That's the end of this interview. We hope you really enjoyed it. There's plenty more resources on Bob's website, which is www.bobcooney.com, or you can find us on all the usual podcast places. We look forward to seeing you again. <laughs>